welcome to the Food Addict Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Campolo. I'm a former fat guy who lost over 100 pounds, transformed my body, and transformed my life. Now, I help others do the same. On this podcast, you'll be learning about nutrition, training, mindset, and you'll be hearing from real-life people just like yourself who have been through the struggle, who have overcome and who have transformed their bodies and transformed their lives. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's go. Hey, welcome to the first episode of the Food Addict Podcast. So for my first episode, I thought it would be appropriate to really share my journey, my story, and take you through you know, um, what it's really been like over the past 20 years to have gone from being a really, really fat overweight kid, you know, um, 100 pounds overweight, classified by my doctor as obese. Fast forward almost 20 years, you know, to where I am now being a full-time transformation coach. Um, You know, it's been quite a journey and I thought it would be good to really share my story with you. And, you know, you might relate to it, you might not relate to it, but, you know, I want you to get a better understanding of who I am and, um, you know, this way you can kind of make, make your own assessment, I guess, on, you know, on, on, on who I am. And if you want to continue to follow, you know, my, uh, my, my podcast, right? So um, let's, let's kind of jump into it. So I'm going to go all the way back to square one, um, you know, born and raised on Long Island, New York. Shout out to all my New Yorkers. Um, you know, born into an Italian, Italian family. So food was always like, it was always there, you know, um, with Italian families, like food is, it's, it's just everything we do is based around food. You know, Sundays we have pasta and, you know, it's pasta Sunday holidays, you know, it's just food everywhere. Um, so there's no, there was no shortage of food. Um, but I can clearly remember the first time I, I ever had like a, a binge, you know, binge episode, I guess you could say, was when I was like probably six years old. It was my birthday. My birthday's in July. And my mom, you know, she invited a bunch of my little friends over. Um, She made like a bunch of pizza bagels. Pizza bagels were really popular at the time. And she made a bunch of cupcakes. And I remember after the party was over, it was just me and I was sitting around. And I remember thinking like there were all these leftover pizza bagels and cupcakes. And I just had this thought like, wow, like, this is all mine. Like I could eat all this food. And that was really the first time I ever had a thought and like a love, like a love affair, um, with food essentially. Right. So, you know, I'm not sure if that, that moment was, was pivotal in, you know, in, in continuing to binge eat and, and, you know, um, just overeat. But I, I clearly remember it even, you know, till today I'm, I'm 33, I was six years old at the time. Right. So what, over 25 years ago, I still remember that moment. So, you know, throughout my childhood, um, I just continued to steadily put on weight. I mean, there reached a point where, again, you know, I was no longer like the cute chubby kid. I was now like the obese, you know, fat kid where my health was at risk. And I I clearly remember my dad taking me to the doctor one day, um, you know, just for like a checkup. And the doctor, you know, told my dad, hey, like your kid, you know, he's he's like classified as obese. You know, he has to do something about his weight. Now, I was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. So, you know, hadn't really gone through puberty yet. Um, so it really didn't mean much to me, right? I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, it didn't really register that I needed to do something about my weight. I just wasn't ready to change anything. I loved food too much. Food was my, it was my crutch. Like I ate for pleasure. I ate out of boredom. I ate when I was stressed. I ate when I was sad. Like food was the one thing that was always there for me. And, you know, it was my crutch and it wasn't something I was willing to, 
to, to, to give up at that point in my life. So fast forward probably another year or two, you know, um, I was like, it, I would believe I was in eighth grade and, you know, started going through puberty, like started becoming more attracted and interested in girls. I would see my friends that were going on dates or asking girls out and, you know, like I was like, dude, obviously I have to do something, you know, um, I'm fat. Like I knew I was fat because I got picked on in school, right? Like I was getting in, you know, multiple fights, you know, um, probably a few fights a month because kids would pick on me, call me fat. And, you know, I wasn't afraid to, to back down. Like I was gonna, you know, I, it, it was embarrassing, right? Like when someone calls you fat boy or, you know, they call me fat polo cause my last name is Campolo. Like it's humiliating. And I would always like, you know, just be like, dude, you want to fight? You want to fight? And, you know, we'd meet up behind the school and, and we'd fight. And my mom had to come down to the school quite a few times, you know, because, uh, because I got caught fighting, right? So um, I knew I was fat. I wasn't one of these people or one of these kids that didn't know I was fat. Like I wore sweatshirts all the time to try to cover up how big I was. You know, I love the wintertime because that's when, you know, it's cold in New York. So I would always, you know, wear big jackets or big sweatshirts or pullovers, you know, thinking that that was like hiding, hiding my weight, right? Like I wasn't fooling anyone, but you know, it was kind of like my, my security blanket. Um, you know, so go going into high school, really towards the end of middle school is when I, I had a crush on a girl, you know, it's, it's, it's always a girl, right? Fellas, it's always a girl that, that, you know, that, um, that, that motivates you. So there was this one girl and, uh, I'm like, you know, the only way she's going to be attracted to me is if I lose weight and get in shape and I'll never forget it. It was new year's. New Year's, uh, yeah, it was New Year's of 2003. And I said, you know what? This is going to be the year that I'm going to lose weight. Like I was ready to do it. My mind was made up. I was determined. I was dedicated. Now, I had no idea what I was doing, right? I had no knowledge. Um, you know, this is like in the early 2000s where Google what it wasn't what it's what it was, you know, or is now, right? Um, the internet was still like very new. So there was no social media back then. So, you know, as far as like finding information on what to do, I remember going to the store, the grocery store, and I saw this, this flex bodybuilding magazine and there was a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover. And I remember seeing him like, holy crap, like this guy is freaking jacked. He looks amazing. I want to look like that. Right. Um, now keep in mind, again, I had no idea what I was doing. So every single night in New York, and this was January, New Year's, you know, New Year's of January. I just started running. I would put on my hoodie. I would put on my sweatshirt, my jacket, my long pants. I put on a scarf to wrap around my neck to keep my neck warm. And I would just run up my block. Now, you know, keep in mind, I was a hundred pounds overweight. So like that block, it probably took me 30 minutes, you know, all the way up and all the way back to my house. It wasn't really that far, but again, at the time, like I was so out of shape, I was so fat and just it, like, it was, you know, it, it was extremely, extremely hard for me. And keep in mind too, like running outside in the cold weather, every single breath you take in, it feels like your lungs are burning. For those of you who have, you know, went running in the winter time outside, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Like the entire thing was just super uncomfortable. But again, I was so determined that I did not care how much pain I had to go through. I didn't care what it took. I just wanted to lose weight. And I did that every single night for the next three months. I would go running every single night. I'd go a little bit further each time, right? So, you know, one day I would run to the end of my block and then maybe the next night I'd run a little bit further and then a little bit further. And towards the end of it, I was probably running like two to three miles, um, you know, per, per night as I got, you know, as the weight came off, as I got in, 
better cardiovascular condition. And as far as my nutrition goes, I was just eating chicken and broccoli. I had seen somewhere that chicken was healthy, broccoli was healthy, it was a vegetable, and I would just eat chicken and broccoli every single day. That's all I ate. And I was in in an extreme, like extreme calorie deficit. I was probably eating a thousand calories a day. But again, like I just didn't know better. I didn't have any knowledge of of how to, you know, of how to do it the right way. Right. And, you know, of course, like when you start losing weight, people want to tell you what to do. Like my dad tried to help me and tell me what I needed to do. My cousin would tell me what I needed to do. You know, my friend would tell me what I needed to do. So like everyone tries to help. But if anything, it makes the process harder because you're just so confused and you don't know what to do. Right. So after about three months, I dropped probably a good 50 to 60 pounds of fat. But then I realized I'm like, okay, I lost all this weight, but now I have another problem because now I had like loose, saggy skin, right? Because I didn't build up any muscle tissue in the process. So now I had a a skinny, skinny fat physique, which I was just as insecure about. And I hated just as much as being fat. So I'm like, okay, well, now I have another problem I need to fix. I need to start building up some muscle to get rid of the loose skin. So I joined a gym that was right up the road from my house. Um, you know, it was probably like a 10 minute walk. So it was really convenient for me. And I became obsessed. I would go there every single day. I would read my muscle, you know, muscle magazine, my bodybuilding magazine. And I would try to figure out what workouts I should do. And of course, to keep in mind, right? Like all these guys in the magazines, they're all, you know, on, on a ton of steroids. Um, you know, like they're all just looking super unnatural, but I didn't know any better. I was a young kid. Like all I knew was these guys had muscles. They were jacked. They looked how I wanted to look. So I'm going to do what they do. And I started going and I started going and I started training and, you know, slowly but surely I was seeing my body change. Like I was seeing muscles that I've never seen before. I'll never forget the first time I ever had a pump in my bicep. I looked in the mirror and I had like a bicep vein and it was still till this day, probably one of the best days of my life. I'm like, oh my God, this is working. I'm actually getting results. It's amazing. And whenever you start seeing results like that, like you want to keep it going because you're like, wow, I have the power to do this. I have the power to change my body. I have the power to, you know, to build muscle and lose fat. And you know, it's just a very, very empowering thing, right? Especially at that age, it's like, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't working. I was only 14, 15 years old. So when you realize you have power, you know, doing something in your life like that, you want to keep doing it. And I was obsessed. I mean, I was at the gym every single day for two hours a day, just grinding and training and training. It's all I wanted to do was train. So this continued all throughout high school. Um, When I was about 14, 15 years old, Halfway through my sophomore year, my, um, my my dad had sold his business. So he sold his business and he had a friend in Florida and he had gone down to visit him with my mom. And when they came back from their trip to Florida, they said, hey, um, we've decided we're going to move. We're going to sell the house and move to Florida. And I was like, cool, dude, let's go. Um, you know, I, I had seen pictures of Florida and I'd always, you know, thought it was cool. We had been there when I was a kid on vacation. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so we moved to Florida when I was about about 15 years old. And, um, you know, my dad actually got me a job at a gold's gym in, in Naples, Florida, which is where I, I currently reside. So as I was in high school, I'd finish up school, I'd go down to gold's gym and I started as a cleaning boy. So, you know, I would be cleaning the equipment, cleaning the machines, 
But I was so excited to just be in that atmosphere and so excited to be able to talk to the personal trainers. And I was becoming friends with them and, you know, friends with some of the members. And I had never seen guys this big in my life. You know, like there were some some guys that were like professional bodybuilders that I didn't even think it was humanly possible to look that way. Right. Like I had seen some of these guys in the magazines, but when I saw them in real life, I'm like, oh, my God, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because, you know, as a young boy, it's like you see these superheroes in the movies and, you know, on TV and you want to look like one, you know, you want to look powerful, you want to look strong, you want to look masculine. And that's again, like I was so obsessed and I was so excited to have a job there. I just couldn't get enough. Like I was excited to go every single day after school. Like I couldn't wait to go to work because I knew I was going to see, you know, um, like some of those trainers, some of the, you know, and, and of course, like a lot of people that worked there became good friends of mine. So I was just taking it all in. And, um, about six months after I started working there, I met a guy, his name was Sly, and he was a professional IFBB bodybuilder. Um, this is like the elite of the elite. So if, if you're a, a bodybuilder, this is like the NBA or, you know, the MLB of, of bodybuilding, right? So he was at the top and um, he was probably like five foot six. I mean, he was shorter, but he was probably weighed 250 pounds of just solid concrete muscle and you know, we became friends and uh, my dad actually suggested it. He goes, Hey, he goes, um, you know, why don't, why don't we hire Sly? Like, why don't we hire a coach for you? Like you have a passion for it. You know, you love, you, you, you love weight training. So why don't we hire him to teach you the right way? Um, because again, I was so young, I really didn't know what I was doing. I thought I did right. Like at that age, I, I, I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. Um, so I'm like, okay. So, you know, my dad fronted the money. He paid for it. Um, and I started training with Sly three, four days a week. And I remember like the first workout I was throwing up. I mean, he pushed me harder than I'd ever been pushed before in the gym. He took me to a completely, completely different level that I didn't even think was, was like physically possible. Right. Cause you know, I was going through the motions. I thought I was training hard, but this next level of like training was like it was training like a professional athlete. And, you know, it took a few weeks for my body to acclimate and get used to the training and the volume, shorter rest periods, you know, heavier weight. I mean, training by yourself is completely different compared to when you have someone challenging you and spotting you and forcing you to get those last few reps that your body, you know, it hurts. It's painful. Right. And he pushed me and he pushed me. And, you know, about after six months of training with him, um, he asked me, he goes, Hey, why don't we get you ready for a a bodybuilding show, a, a teen bodybuilding show. At the time, I was 17 years old and I had picked out a show. There was a show coming up in July. It was a natural bodybuilding show over in Miami, which was like was like an hour and a half away from where I lived. So we trained for it. So for six months, I dieted hard. Um, I trained hard, you know, did the cardio. I went, you know, the entire time without a cheat meal. I remember towards the end of, of the prep, I was just like, my cravings were through the roof. I mean, I was looking at online menus of McDonald's. Like I was dreaming of food. I mean, I was, I was so ready for the show to be over to where, so I could just like stuff my face. Right. Um, so we did the show and you know, I looked good. I mean, I, I got in really good shape. It was a great accomplishment, but the problem was that after the show, I went completely crazy. I had placed sec. I, I got in second place in, in the teen division and fourth place in the men's division. But after the show, I had no idea how to control my cravings, no, I, you know, no idea how to control my appetite. So I swung the completely opposite way. 
I stuffed my face for probably two months straight and I gained probably a good 40 to 50 pounds, right? So all that hard work I had put in of the training and the dieting was gone within a month. I mean, I, I looked like a bloated water balloon. Like I had never competed in bodybuilding, right? So um, that really led me to develop a really, really bad relationship with food. And I realized, you know, I can't keep doing this. Like I can't have, you know, either be 100% on and training hard and dieting hard or 100% off the rails where I'm just like binge eating and stuffing my face and going crazy. So, you know, really that was when I was 17, 18 years old. Fast forward to where I am now, 33 years old. And I'll be completely honest. I still struggle with food, with cravings, right? Just like everyone does. And one thing I try to explain to people is that just because you lose weight or just because you get in shape or just because you lose 100 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds, that does not mean that you're not going to crave food anymore. Like that does not mean that you're not going to want cake or cookies or brownies and you're just going to want salad and chicken, right? Like those cravings are always going to be there. Um, those addictions to food and sugar and sweets and salty fat, like all the foods that we've come to love and, and crave, those addictions are always going to be there. And I always say, I am a recovering food addict and I will be until the day that I die. Now, one thing that I've gotten good at is just holding back those cravings, right? Managing that relationship with food. Because you can find balance, right? You don't have to be one of these people that either it's an all or nothing mentality, right? Because that was me for a really, really long time. I was the type of guy where if you gave me like a little piece of chocolate, it completely threw me off. I'm like, oh, well, I just messed up my diet. I might as well just, you know, eat an entire box of Oreos and drive to the store and buy a bunch of ice cream, right? Because I had slipped up a little bit by having chocolate. And I was, you know, again, I was either 100% on my diet and training or I was 100% off the rails and binge eating. And I did that for years and years and years. And, you know, it really, really kept me um, in bondage. Like it kept me in a place where I was never able to reach my goal because, you know, I, I always say you can't out train a bad diet, right? So even if you're killing yourself in the gym and training seven days a week and training for two to three hours a day, it's like if you're overeating your calories at the end of the day, then it doesn't matter how much you're training, right? Like you're still going to gain weight. And for years and years and years, I just looked like a guy that, you know, I had a little bit of muscle. Um, I was strong, but I was never like cut. I was never had abs. I was never, you know, like under 10% body fat. And that's always what I strived for. But I wasn't able to do it because my relationship with food was so broken that I, I didn't even realize it, you know? Um, I don't like the, to use the word an eating disorder, but that's what binge eating is, right? Like that's what food addiction is. It, it can lead you to have, you know, um, an eating disorder, which is exactly what binge eating is. You know, maybe for you, it's stress eating. Maybe for you, it's emotional eating, right? Like even till today, if I have a bad day or if I'm stressed or I'm feeling down or sad, like my first inclination is just to go eat, like stuff my face with, with some sugar, um, you know, like that's something I still have to work on. And that's something I still have to manage. Right. And I've even seen therapists like food therapists and eating therapists about it because I want to understand that. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I self-sabotaging myself? Like I know what I need to do. I know that binge eating is going to keep me from reaching my goal. 
But why do I continue to self-sabotage and keep myself stuck? And that might be a question that you ask yourself. You're like, I know what I need to do. I know I need to eat less of this, you know, junk and exercise more and eat healthier foods and make healthier choices, right? But you're not doing it. And, you know, that brings me to my next point. It's like losing weight and getting in shape is simple, but it's not easy, right? Because a lot of people, there's an emotional side to it. There's an emotional relationship with food and your habits with food, especially if you've been out of shape for a long time. If you've struggled with your weight for a long time, it doesn't happen overnight. Like you're not just going to start a new diet and a new exercise program or hire a coach and then all of a sudden just like fix everything, right? Like it's a process. You know, you have to retrain your brain. You have to retrain your thoughts, retrain your relationship with food. And I wish it was as easy as just get following a new diet or, you know, eating less and exercising more. Losing weight is easy or it's simple, but it's not easy, right? So just realize you're human. If you're listening to this and you resonate with that and, you know, that that really hits you like in the gut, you're human. We're all human. You know, some of the people you follow on Instagram and, and Facebook and social media that are in amazing shape and they're ripped and they have, you know, crazy physiques and the ladies have, you know, these amazing bodies and look great in bikinis we all have the same struggles, right? I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. Like sometimes I don't want to go to the gym. I'd say most of the time I don't want to go to the gym. I'd rather sit home and eat pancakes or order a pizza or, you know, like go get nachos. Right. And everyone is like that. I mean, let's, let's face it. Not everyone wakes up excited to go to the gym. Right. But I've been doing this for so long that it's a habit to where, If I don't go to the gym, I feel like something is wrong with me. If I don't go to the gym, I, I, I just don't feel right. Right. It's, it's my way of, of stress relief. It's my way of getting rid of, you know, um, just like bound up energy. I look forward to the feeling after my training because I'm addicted to that feeling. It's the feeling of knowing you just accomplished something and pushed your body. And when you combine, you know, healthy eating with training, you feel amazing, right? I mean, the effects you feel and the benefits and the, you know, hormonal like uh, high you get, you can't find it anywhere. It's it's the best feeling in the world. But um, it is a process, right? It is it is a process. This is a journey. I always say, you know, um, if you're not willing to dedicate six months to a year to reach your goal body and get in shape, then don't even start because this is not something where. You're going to follow a certain diet or training plan for a week or two weeks or a month and have a, you know, have an amazing body, right? It takes time. Changing the human body takes time. You have to go through the process. You have to be patient, but most importantly, you have to be consistent. You can't just work out for, you know, a handful of times and eat healthy a handful of times and expect your body to change, right? You have to have consistency. You have to be able to do that day after day, week after week, month after month. And you will fail. There, there will be days where you fall off track. I still fall off track more, more often than I'd like to admit. But as long as you're consistent 80% of the time, you can enjoy yourself the other 20% of the time. So don't feel like you have to 
never enjoy yourself for the rest of your life, right? You can have balance. You can still enjoy the foods you want to enjoy. You can still go to social events and parties and vacation and enjoy yourself and live healthy and look how you want to look. You truly can have it all. So don't ever think or believe that you can only have one or the other, right? Because that's not the truth at all. I hope this story inspired you a little bit and made you realize that we all have the same struggles. We all have the same um, cravings and, and, you know, it's a daily struggle. Every single day is a battle between the guy that wants to be lazy and not work hard versus the person that I know I'm supposed to be, who is willing to put in the work, who is willing to do what the other people won't do so I can get what I want, right? Um, so thank you for tuning into this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm excited to have you along on this journey. Have an awesome day, guys. We'll chat soon. See ya.